Warning. This episode contains discussions of emotional abuse, including child abuse, spousal abuse, and spiritual abuse. If these topics are too triggering for you right now, skip this episode or return to it at a later date. Be safe and be well. Greetings, soul sisters, spiritual brethren, and non-binary siblings. This is the Queer Ritual Podcast, a place to discuss healing, spiritual practices, guided meditations, and self-empowerment with a queer-minded focus. Allies are welcome, too. I'm your host, Ricky B. Malone. My pronouns are he, they. I'm a Reiki master, intuitive healer, and master esthetician based out of the East Coast of the U.S. My goal with this podcast is to empower others to discover their true selves and live the lives they truly want. Today's episode is going to get really heavy, so if you are still here, I appreciate you. Today's episode is going to be on the fear of abandonment. This is something that I have uncovered in my own inner work and my own years of therapy, and it's something that I realize that I still contend with to this day. So I'm going to break this episode down into a few different sections. We're going to start on the origin of fear of abandonment, then go into people who experience fear of abandonment, then how fear of abandonment manifests itself in relationships, and then how fear of abandonment is used as a form of abuse. Then if any of this resonates with you, I'm going to offer ways to help heal that fear of abandonment. So going into the origin of the fear of abandonment. When we're infants, we have such a small, small world. You know, we start off life not even being able to see. We gain one inch of eyesight every week of our life as a newborn. If you're using the metric system, that's two and a half centimeters per week. So our first week of life, we can only see one inch in front of us. And then our second week of life, we can only see two inches in front of us, and so on and so on. And then on top of that, our brains aren't fully developed for decades as human beings. So there are certain concepts that we can't understand when we are that little. So I'm sure many of you have played peekaboo with a baby, right? Like there's a period in a baby's life where when you either cover their eyes or you cover your face, they actually think you're gone. They, they have this like moment of fear and anxiety because they think you just disappeared on them. And that's because babies don't have a concept of object permanence. They don't recognize that just because they can't see something doesn't mean it's gone. And when it comes to a baby not being able to see their caregiver, they immediately go through the fear of abandonment in that very moment. It's temporary. You know, eventually their their mother or their caregiver comes and stops their crying and soothes them. So it's not forever. But every baby goes through it. Every single baby goes through that little moment of the fear of abandonment. And now, obviously, the way to stop the fear of abandonment in an infant is to help them recognize the safety and security of having reliable caregivers. So as far as as adults who can experience the fear of abandonment, sure, 
to some extent, we all can experience the fear of abandonment. But the fear of abandonment is going to be a lot deeper in those people that don't, that didn't have reliable caregivers. Whether that is someone who literally was abandoned or if they come from broken homes. So I'm talking about people who were given up for adoption, people whose parents left them with another relative to take care of them, people whose parents went to jail, or even just people whose parents got a divorce. All of these examples tap into that exact same fear over and over and over again. It's the the fear in a child that they don't have safety and they don't have security and they don't have reliable caregivers. So in adult relationships, people who have these deep-seated fear of abandonment can have insecure attachment styles. And I'm talking about not just romantic relationships. This, this can also apply to friendships or to relationships with extended family or, you know, even work relationships and colleagues. So I recognize in myself that I definitely had an insecure attachment style when I was younger. I'm one of the ones that got really clingy. This is the, the people who deep down they think, like, I like you and I don't want to lose you, so I'm going to hold on really, really tight so that you can't let me go. And then the other type of insecure attachment style that can be cut that can stem from fear of abandonment is the people who have trust issues. These are the ones that intentionally push people away. Deep down, these people feel I've been hurt before. I don't want to be hurt again. People that I let in too close betray me. I don't want to be betrayed again. So the best way to not be betrayed is to not let people in close. And these are the people that sabotage relationships. They assume that they're going to be betrayed, so they intentionally hurt the people they care about before those people leave them. It can also be a self-fulfilling prophecy when people have that type of attachment style. So has any of this resonated with you so far? something to think about. Now, because every child has experienced the fear of abandonment in some form, some more than others, obviously, fear of abandonment is the easiest fear to exploit. And when people exploit fear as a form of control, that's when it becomes emotional abuse. And usually it's caregivers that use this, but not always, you know. So yes, it can be parents that exploit fear of abandonment, but it can also be spouses or domestic partners. And then it can even be spiritual or religious communities. In my own case, I do recognize that my mother exploited fear of abandonment as a form of control. My dad left my mom when I was one, so I don't remember my parents being together. But I do recall instances of my mom either 
threatening to abandon me with my father saying like, oh, you don't care. I'm just going to leave. Um, one of the most egregious examples I can think of, we were on the highway in the car. My mom was driving. My sister was in the front seat. I was in the back seat. And I don't remember who said what, but, you know, either me or my sister, one of us said something that upset our mom and just in the middle of the highway, she just slammed the brakes. Car came to a screeching halt and then there's cars speeding by honking. The car behind us had to slam their brake not to hit us and they're slamming their horn down too. And once the car come, came to a complete stop, my mom just said, get out. And obviously in that very moment, my sister and I just immediately switched tunes, you know, instead of being bad kids, all of a sudden we're like, no, 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 it's okay. Don't leave us. And, you know, as an adult, I realize how messed up that is, that that was my own parent exploiting fear of abandonment. She was threatening to abandon me in that moment, telling me to just get out and take care of myself on the highway. And she obviously did that full well, knowing that that's the reaction she was going to get, that she knew that threatening to abandon her kids was going to make them listen to her. That's not okay. And yeah, that's messed me up in a few ways. That's definitely why I had that clingy insecure attachment style <laughs> in my romantic relationships, because I, I had that fear and that fear was exploited in me. Now in Spouses or domestic partners, I think a really common way this fear of abandonment gets exploited is the partner who says something like, you can't make it without me. It's like, you're nothing without me. You can't make it out there without me. That's why you're still here. Or uh, it can also just be the, the spouses or domestic partners that constantly talk about divorce or leaving them. It's, it's, it's the people that constantly threaten to leave full well knowing that that's going to make their partner listen. Now, obviously sometimes that can backfire. Sometimes the person actually is like, okay, I'll leave. <laughs> but, but it's, it's when the partner knows that the person they're with has an insecure attachment style, has that clingy insecure attachment style. So they deliberately exploit it to get the person to hold on closer. When they know that their partner has the clingy insecure attachment style, they will deliberately push the person away full well knowing the other person is going to latch on tighter. And this is an unhealthy relationship dynamic, obviously. And this is a form of emotional abuse. Now, in spiritual or religious communities, the way that exploiting fear of abandonment usually shows up is the practice of shunning. So this is when some, the, a person or a family has devoted years of service to their community. And if they decide to leave that community, the punishment they get is that they will lose their entire community. It's that every single person they know from that spiritual community will refuse to talk to them. 
I'm not going to name any names, but I can think of two off the top of my head that do this. And these are high control groups when spiritual communities do this. They're exploiting the fear of abandonment to get submission from their members. And then this, so this causes everyone in the spiritual community to be afraid to leave, especially when someone's been raised in one of these communities from a young age. If, you know, if they don't know any life outside of that community, of course, losing that community is terrifying because it might as well be losing your caregiver. You're losing an entire community, but it's the community that has cared for you your whole life. So to lose that in a second because of not obeying, it's terrifying. And that's how some of these groups get people to stay. And even high, you know, it's just high control groups in general that, that tends to be one of the ways that they get control is through exploiting fear of abandonment. I'm also thinking of North Korea when I say this, that it's the, it's the threat of being alone is exploited as a form of control. Now, I don't expect the North Korea example to resonate with anybody, but has any of the stuff I've said so far, has anything I've said so far resonated with you? This probably means at some point you've had fear of abandonment. Now, obviously everyone's had fear of abandonment, but if any of these dysfunctional dynamics resonate with you, it it shows that you've gone through this fear of abandonment, that it, it's deeper than just the superficial, like, oh, mommy isn't there while she's playing peekaboo. This is something much, much deeper. So let's go down to the spiritual teaching of what's going on here. In the chakra system, our chakras come online from the bottom upward. So the root chakra which is based in the perineum and then moves upward towards your reproductive organs. Does not include your uterus if you're female. It stops right before. This is the area that comes online when you are first born. It's your connection to your mother because you come out of the birth canal, which is part of the root chakra. So the sense of security and safety is so important to the root chakra, as well as the feeling of being loved by your mother. Mother in particular, because you are born out of your mother's root chakra yourself. So having this fear of abandonment is going to manifest itself as health issues in this area if you believe in the chakra system. But sending love to that area is how you regain that lost sense of safety and security. 
you know, in my inst- my case, like my mother is gone. I can't reclaim my mother's love in the same way, but I can still offer my inner child the sense of safety and security that was lacking. So this is how you do that inner child work. You have to say to the part of you that was hurt as a child, it wasn't your fault. You are safe. You are still here. You are still loved. And you are cared for. These are the fundamental needs of an infant. And that's the part of you that is broken when you've gone through this fear of abandonment. So you want to offer your inner child some positive self-talk. Like I had said earlier, a a child has a self-centered worldview. So when a child has felt abandoned, they're going to view it as, it's all my fault. I did something to make them angry and they treated me this way. But you have to remind your inner child that it wasn't their fault. So we all have that part of us that has the same needs as an infant. Just because we're grown doesn't mean we don't have the same needs as an infant. We might be able to care for ourselves in a way that an infant can't. But we still have the same needs as an infant. We have some other adult needs on top of it. But we all need that sense of safety and security and the sense of being cared for. So you have to give your inner child some forgiveness and some love. And if you recognize that this fear of abandonment goes really deep within you, that's how you counteract it. You have to give yourself forgiveness and safety and help yourself recognize that you are cared for. Even if none of your family are alive anymore, you can at least care for yourself. And once you recognize that, that's how you can help to heal that part of you that's been hurt. And yeah, you know, if you were in one of these high control relationships, regardless of whether it was a parent, a spouse, or a community that controlled you this way, yes, choosing to leave that unhealthy dynamic means you're going to be alone. But that's also a chance for you to care for yourself. Self-care. Because at the end of the day, we are alone in certain experiences. We are stuck in our own heads. We can't literally leave our heads and go into someone else's head. So we have to learn how to love ourselves. Now, other people, we should have other people in our lives who love us too. That's also one of the fundamental needs of a human being. But when it comes to leaving an unhealthy dynamic, 
there is going to be that fear of being alone. But that's also a chance for you to begin again, to heal those divisions that have been broken inside of you and to move forward and to move forward with a sense of empowerment and a sense of strength. If you wish to contact me directly or have your question featured in a future episode of the podcast, you can send me an email at tqrpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, tqrpodcast, or my personal Instagram, Ricky Dementia. That's R-I-K-I Dementia. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, signing off.